0: Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast from the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture. I'm Dr. Brady Bruin. I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Agricultural Economics. And joining me today um, are two members of the Purdue's Farm Transition Team, Ed Ferris and Kelly Heckman. Uh, On today's podcast, we are going to focus on another farm transition topic, which is choosing a business structure uh, for your farm business. Um, I do want to take a quick moment to highlight this is part of the farm transition series. Uh, So if you uh, want to see the other podcast episodes that are part of this series, please see the link in the description of this podcast. So with that, uh, Kelly and Ed, you guys, this is the first time you guys have been on this podcast. So I want to pause and give you a chance to introduce yourself. Kelly, do you want to go first?
1: Thank you, Brady. Um, I'm Kelly Heckman. I'm an Extension Educator for Agriculture and Natural Resources in Kosciuszko County in Northern Indiana, and I've been a part of the, the Purdue Succession Planning Farm Transition Team um, since 2012 and got um, interested and in, um, actively involved based on personal experience with my family's um, farming background.
0: And Ed?
2: yes i'm ed ferris i'm an ag and natural resources educator in Huntington county and also county extension director i have been like kelly involved with the purdue farm succession team since uh, 2012 and i have a past career as an agricultural lending before i came to extension and it was a natural fit for me to uh, get involved with the team
0: Well, we are excited to have you a part of today's podcast. So as I said, today's episode, we're gonna be focusing on business structure. Um, I do wanna take a quick second just to call out. um, So once again, uh, the Farm Transition team uh, does post a lot of great information on the Purdue Institute for Family Businesses webpage. And you can also find uh, an accompanying video series on YouTube, just go to YouTube and type in Purdue Institute for Family Business and uh, the video should be, pop up in in the search. So, Ed, I'm going to start with you. So, as I said, today's topic is business structure. What do we mean when when we say business structure? What what are we talking about here?
2: Brady, really, that's talking about a family coming together and making a decision about how they want to structure um, their income and expenses how they want to set up their their risk um, strategy and utilize the uh, available formats through the federal government Then here and so there are many options for people to explore um, based on what level of risk they want to assume and and uh, you know what? What type of business they're in is, is a major factor. So,
0: so um, I, I want to call out several things that you said. So you you mentioned the risk and the profitability. So uh, how do how does a business structure affect a a business's risk? The structure
2: can can mean if you, if you're say two people want to uh, brothers are farming together and and they just want to form a partnership in the old days that's what they would do is just set up a general partnership and, and, uh, you know, dive in and, and share income and expenses. And it was maybe pretty simple, straightforward matter, but uh, sometimes they, Maybe we get into a new option, say they start out in dairy and they want to get into uh, maybe actually bottling their own milk. And then, you know, they they may have to change based on what type of risk they're assuming and what whether they're getting into um, actual, you know, food safety. And there's there's all kinds of things that can come up as businesses move forward in agriculture.
0: So Kelly, do you uh, do you want to go through the different business structure options that are available to farm businesses?
1: Sure. Um, so Ed talked a little bit about risk. And I think what people really um, kind of their first part of risk they really think about, they need is what's that liability? What kind of liability exposure do I have? So as most of us um, grew up on smaller farms, if you grew up on a smaller farm, small family, and and usually, just owned by one family. The most common structure that um, most of us were familiar with just that sole proprietorship. You're the sole owner. Um, you're in business with yourself, and it you take care of all the taxes and liability exposures, all yours. Um, and, and that was just the simplest, easiest way. And that's still um, a good, effective business structure. It doesn't mean that um, in, in the year 2021, it's not. It's still appropriate for some. Um, And then, you know, several years ago, um, I was thinking maybe in the mid 70s, the C corporation was really a popular um, option. Um, and, and nowadays, we um, we've learned from many attorneys that if you're in a C corporation, boy, that's not a fun thing to get out of. It's got some tax um, implications, and I don't think anybody currently is recommending anyone to form a C corporation um, with a farm. So if you if you have someone recommending you to be part of a C corporation, um, you may want to find someone else to talk to on what other options are out there. Then we kind of. Um, I think entered an era where um, S-Corps became. um, And so all of these, you know, what's a C-Corp? What's an S-Corp? So a lot of these are just going to vary on how they're taxed. How are you taxed? How's the business entity going to be taxed? And um, we are um, by far the expert, not the experts on that. And that's where we're really going to encourage you um, to talk to a, a CPA, talk to your accountant, an attorney, Um, to understand which one of those um, options is best for you. And then um, we kind of in the last few years really entered this era um, of uh, what what the hot uh, business structure was limited liability uh, corporation. Everybody thought they had to become an LLC. Um, And that's still a very popular tool right now. Um, And the interesting thing about an LLC is you can still tax it like it's an S-corp. So there's so many different um variations to you know do you want to be taxed? Do you want to be responsible as that person even for the corporation to pay the taxes? Do you need liability protection? Do you not need liability protection? Um, and then you know we LLCs are kind of an interesting entity structure you may need one LLC, you may operate with 10 LLCs to protect all your different, and as farms grew um, and involved more family members, they needed some different options um, as well to protect. And it doesn't say, you know, Ed talked about general partnerships. There's still people out there with general partnerships. Um, I work with some farmers that are just simply incorporated Um, So there's a wide variety of ways to do it, and it really is what is your goal, Um, how do you want to work as a family, how do you want to make decisions, and how do you want to be taxed, so it's it's a lot of discussion to figure out um, what option is best, and we didn't even throw in, and it's not really a business entity, but another tool that's always out there is a trust, and how does that play into all of this. So it it can seem like alphabet soup and confusing, but really um, just sitting down and thinking about what you want can help steer you the right direction.
0: Yeah, it it definitely sounds uh, from listening to you too. There's a lot to take into account here because it's not just taxes. It's also these business structures affect how control will be divided within the company. Um, You know, so... Uh, I think you said it best, so, sole proprietorship is the simplest. I view sole proprietorship, the, the phrase I like to describe sole proprietorship is the front porch on your house. Uh, it, you know, I can form a sole proprietorship that's very interesting just by saying, I'm a business that sells this. Uh, and that's a lot of what people do, especially when you think about cottage laws and stuff like that, people that sell stuff out of their home. By a, a company that has not declared any other form of business structure is by default a sole proprietorship. Um, and then you really run the full gamut of complexity all the way up to a c corp where you have very strict laws you have to file um, with the government uh, you have to have a charter and all that stuff that governs how your business uh works and, and i you know i agree with you i think c corp is probably a little bit too rigid for most farmers i really think that the only advantage of a c corp over an s corp is the ability to raise capital which as far as I know, there's not too many farms uh, filing for IPOs out there going on the public, you know, New York Stock Exchange. Um, and unless you have that goal in mind to raise capital through equity shares and stuff like that, a C-Corp, I, I agree, Kelly, that doesn't really uh, uh, seem like an advantage to me. But an S-Corp, though, um, you know, you mentioned it. there was a, a time where s corps were very popular. I have come into contact with a lot of farms that are, organized as an S-Corp and, you know, especially from a family planning perspective, and, and we're going to get heavily into here in a couple minutes, how these affect the farm transition uh, process. But, you know, from a management standpoint, S-Corp is, it's not quite as rigid as C, but you still have to have a charter. You still have to lay out, this is how many shares you have. Family members get shares and voting powder that you, that you delegate. So it it really does change how a farm can operate.
2: I've talked to some farms that have S corps, and what they like about it is they can just transfer the stock. You know, that's how they look at it. is. That, well, I'll just transfer stock, and instead of you know going into maybe as much uh, detail as you would with a, another type of business structure.
1: Yeah, and I agree on the S corp. Um, we've I think Ed and I both have worked with some farms, or we've um, had some that will do machinery in the S corp, and they'll do something the land maybe in LLC. Or um, uh, another one has a you know a, a farm transportation business that's the S corp. Um, so it, you're not limited to just that. You have to be. I'm only can be an LLC. No, you can have multiple entities to manage, depending on what your business is and what your goals are.
2: And one thing, Brady, that you brought up about the operating agreement um, with an LLC—you—you you hit on. You know, do they have to set up? You know, the plan, and, and then what we what I've seen over the years sometimes is that people get in a rush and they just want to set up. You know, well, I need an LLC, uh, limited liability company, and and you know they don't maybe go through all the the the. The steps to get this, this uh, operating agreement in place. And if you don't have that in place ahead of time, I think that's what people really need to remember is, you know, it's it's very important to sit down with your accountant and your attorney uh, ahead of time and, and make sure that uh, you you do understand how this is going to affect everybody that's in the business.
1: And that operating is agreement, is that unique to that LLC or are those operating agreements all the same for every LLC that's created?
2: No, these these are very unique to businesses and it's it, it really has to you, you you have to think about the different generations that are involved and in, in what their roles and responsibilities are and the you know the ownership of the uh, who who owns the assets going into the business and that type of thing
0: yeah and the thing i will point out for llc's is, is that c corps and s corps are much more permanent from an operating agreement standpoint than an llc um an llc can be dissolved pretty you know if you want to bring another family member in or or take a family member out it can be dissolved fairly easily with you know just one member of the party saying i want to dissolve it depending on the on the agreement uh, C Corp's and S Corp's uh, take a lot more effort and uh, agreements among the parties to dissolve and and change that, that that agreement, depending on how it's structured.
2: Right. I know in in years ago, and was a lender, I, you know there were some uh, people that would want to take move, you know, real estate out of corporations and that became very difficult because of the you know there's so there are assets that you have to really think about but to put into corporations um before you, you make that move so
0: yeah uh, the thing to remember is that a, a c corp and s corp in the eyes of the law are seen as a living breathing human being right it's an entity that has power uh so if a family member that is uh uh, own stock in the S-Corp or C-Corp, if they pass away uh, or, or other things, that the the corporation lives on. Uh, just that the ownership of the shares or stock of that corporation will get passed from one person to the next. But the corporation, so as you say, moving land out, know that that corporation owns it. So unless that corporation decides to sell it, and, or what would, with whatever operating agreement or charter it has of how it those decisions are made um it makes it pretty hard to do which in some instances can be a good true. thing true so we've kind of been touching on this but let me um add I'll, I'll ask you this question is there a best type of business structure for someone
2: no there there really isn't it 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 I, as i mentioned earlier you know that you have to have these family meetings to really go through the process to understand, you know, what are your goals? What, what are your, what risk do you, do you want each party to, who can assume more risk, you know, if based on, um, you know, what level they are in in the uh, generations and, you know, are there, is it somebody that's, that's new coming into the business? And how do we, how do we plan for the future? And, and so looking at each of these structures um, is important as as people you know think think ahead
0: so it really does sound like this is a very case by case scenario and you're this is where having that that uh i know in in previous podcasts on the form transition uh team both renee and maria uh dr marshall ha- have made uh suggestions of having an advisory council this is where knowing who to trust whether it be your lawyer or your cpa or your banker. Uh, to help get you in the right uh, business structure for what you're wanting to accomplish for your farm entity is essential because it's it's not a boilerplate type of solution here is what it sounds like. Yes. The one thing I do want to point out, and this is just, so I mentioned, I've worked with some farms that are S Corp. Um, One of the things that an S Corp allows you to do, and C Corp does allow you to do this as well, uh, is that, you know, Let's say you maybe have one heir that wants to take over the farm and one that, that maybe doesn't. Uh, we've talked a lot about fair isn't always equal and equal isn't always fair, but obviously a lot of times the older generation does wanna be fair and how they, they transition the farm. Uh, how this particular farm did it was they, they gave the, the next generation all equal shares, um, but that made it, because it was in an S corp, it made it really easy for one brother to buy a certain number of shares every year. They knew they couldn't buy out the brother in one lump sum. The bank wasn't going to go for that. That was too much money. But they, it, because it was in an S-Corp and because it was divvied up into shares of the farm, just like a, a, you know, a, a Fortune 500 company, they could buy a certain number of shares as they got the money. And eventually, the one brother that didn't want to be part of the farm got bought out and got the money. And the brother that wanted to farm was able to do it on a gradual basis at the pace they were able to do it. I I think that's a really big benefit of an S corp or C C corp uh, uh, business structure. Um, So we've touched on the operating, obviously these business structures have a lot of uh, involvement in how decisions are made. Big implications taxes. Are there any implications on ag program payments?
2: Yes, and that can vary depending on you know the, the year. I think some some of these. Uh, I, I look back um, when I was a lender back in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands, and I know a lot of the uh, farms. It seems like as early two thousands started, you know, making different LLCs because. Partly due to the the uh, payments that were coming in, they could uh, you know leverage their risk and, and uh, set up different entities if there were lots of um, family members involved and and so that that is something a, a strategy that some sometimes they you know you, but you have to re- realize that the, sometimes rules do change through these um, government payments as well.
0: Yeah. So this is maybe also something So we've involved, the, the lawyer, we've involved the lender, we've involved the CPA. This may also be something you need to stop by your local uh, farm service agency office uh, to see how this may impact uh, eligibility for certain program payments. Correct. Is there any other um, concerns or, or big items that you think someone should be uh, knowledgeable of before they make this business structure decision?
1: Yes, I think there is. Um, we always focus on, um, we're, you know, we're all in this together. We're going to farm forever. This business is going to stay together forever. No one's going to ever want out. Um, and it's a good time while you're also making this decision to form this business structure to think about a buy-sell agreement. So how does someone get out? Um, you know, and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative. It could be, I just want to retire. And how do how do I as dad or mom get bought out of the business? Um, And this allows you to make that those decisions beforehand. Um, And, and what I always like to hopefully to remove some of the emotion rather than not thinking about how to get out that buy, sell agreement is going to outline all of those different stipulations on who gets to buy, how assets are going to be priced, um, And it it is very important. Um, I did have uh, worked with one farm that did uh, form an LLC. um, And unfortunately, that business um, dissolved because one of the um, uh, owners did want to um, opt on that buy sell agreement. But had they not had that buy sell agreement in place, it could have been very devastating um, to the remaining partners. So Um, And, and, you know, sometimes just life things happen. So just taking a moment to think about how can people exit the business is also an important strategy of this whole process.
0: We also touched on this. I think another important topic is division of income. Do these different business structures dictate how income uh, may be distributed? Uh, is, Is there certain business structures that leave it up to the operator? And do some dictate based on shares?
2: Yes, that uh, you know we mentioned the LLC having the operating agreement and, and that's typically spelled out you know how those that distribution would work. And you know there is a lot more flexibility if you're a sole proprietor um, you know how, if you know how, how that works and and you know partnerships are, are a different. Entity in themselves. I mean, a lot of times that's that's there's not a lot of rules that have been put in place. And so, depending on um, what structure you choose that, you know, you, you're right, the corporations are really more more uh, specific on on how those are set up.
0: Yeah, and and typically, I have found that a rigid contract or a rigid agreement that's set in place before um while well, it may cause some issues as you're negotiating that, on the back end, it caught, it definitely alleviates a lot of attention or um, tension, I should say. Right. Because people know what to expect. This is how the income is gonna be divided. And this is, I know what my share is going to be. Whether, whether regardless of it, if it's in an LLC or a LLP or an LLC, it's known and everyone is, it, it's, it's transparent of what to expect.
2: Yeah, I, I go back to the old days talking about two brothers forming a partnership. And the, the rule of thumb was, yeah, you wanted to be the first guy out because, you know, that that was always the best uh, solution whenever, especially if things weren't going the best. And, you know, if you if you were the one that getting out of the business, you, you made out better than the guy staying in business. So,
0: yeah, and that's definitely what we want to avoid here is where someone gets a better end of the deal. Right. Unintentionally. Exactly. He were there unintentionally. So um, I think this has been a great discussion on business structural. You know, I I do want to reiterate this is a complex topic. This is stuff that there there are lawyers specialized in business structure law um, and thinking about how to draw up the contracts around this. And you know, it's definitely something in a thirty minute podcast episode we can't uh, we can't cover uh, everything there is to cover here. Uh, But if there is one thing I want listeners to take away, is this is important to your farm. Uh, transition planning. It definitely affects how you operate your farm before it's transitioned uh, because some of these will dictate your management structure and the voting structure and the payout, you know, the, how you share profits. It's going to be in that charter, or your operating agreement. So we definitely want you to be aware, uh, aware of that. This isn't, you know, for the most part, uh, Kelly mentioned the trusts at the beginning of, of the episode. Uh, trust is mainly going to take effect uh, when a person passes away and there is a trans, you know and a transition is triggered. These business structure decisions will impact the farm business before that happens. So we definitely want you to be aware of that. Definitely advice, seeking out multiple advice, whether it be your trusted advisor, your lawyer, your, your CPA, get a, um, several different opinions on what business structure is right for your farm business and what you are trying to accomplish with your transition of of your farm entity. For more economic uh, information, we uh, want you to visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Ag, and that website is purdue.edu slash commercial ag, or you can visit the Purdue Institute for Family Business website at purdue.edu slash ag econ slash fambiz, and that is F-A-M-B-I-Z, fambiz, On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture, the Purdue Institute for Family Business and the Farm Transition Team, I'm Brady Brewer. And we thank you uh, for listening to this week's episode.